0: But I was sitting there looking across towards Chicago, and I'm like, my God, this lake just dwarfs Chicago. Chicago's no small town. And then the adventure picked me. The adventure was like, well, maybe you should try and run around it.
1: talk a lot about gear on this show there's a reason for that you know gear can often get in the way of the adventure for a lot of folks you know and you know gear is so overly commercialized and the marketing around it's so aggressive sometimes just just in general you know sometimes it makes you feel like you have to have that specific jacket or those shoes to even be able to get outside and do something that's clearly not true um so and it's just something we're not passionate about on this show and a lot of shows are and that's great but that doesn't exclude the fact that you actually do need gear to do adventures. If you're going to do a ski trip, well, guess what? You need skis. If you do a bike trip, well, of course, you're going to need a bike with two wheels. And you got to buy those somewhere as well as the tires. And, you know, there is gear that's obviously involved in adventure. And that's fine to enjoy that side. And so um, some, something that I love, especially to make gear more affordable, uh, is, is getting used gear and a great place to get that. And we're excited to be partnering with them is Rerouted. .co and what they're doing is basically getting, you know, a used gear sale online and making it super easy to sell, buy and sell gear online. So if you've got a jacket in your closet that you aren't using, I would say put it on there, you know, maybe there's somebody out there whose adventure needs that specific jacket. That can help make their adventure happen and eventually come on this show and tell that story and maybe you help make that happen and get a little money in your pocket by selling it at rerouted.co. Uh, but also, if you're in need of gear, I would definitely recommend you checking it out. They've got just one-of-a-kind stuff. You know, I love yard sales personally. So uh, if you've got something to buy or sell in the used gear department, definitely check out rerouted.co. And that leads pretty cleanly right into today's episode. You know, today's episode's pretty unique. It's it's uh you know there's a lot of episodes that are straight interviews and others that are you know more conversational. I'd say this. This episode is is the latter. It, it Steve and I just get to talking about life, about adventure, about what we're going through, and it's it, it's extremely motivating. But we don't get into the nitty gritty of his adventures. And when, when you talk to somebody with this many adventures, you know a lot of times they've they've told those stories a million times. They've they're at a different place. They want to talk about kind of the themes of their life, the themes of what they're going through, and. Um, Some of the overarching principles of what they've learned. And so that's kind of what we talk about today. But if you want to learn more about Steve, go to expandyourpossible.com. But just a quick, quick synopsis. He's run almost 100 marathons. He's done the world's longest kayak race. He's done tons of ultra runs. Ultra marathons. He's done the Ragbri, which is the the bike ride across Iowa, twenty times. The Dirty Kansas five times. He got a thousand miles of Kansas, Kansas, which is a two hundred mile uh, gravel race by bike. He's run across Iowa. He's run across Lake, uh, run around Lake Michigan. He's done the Iditarod by bike, uh, which is just insane in the middle of winter just like the dogs do but you do it on a bike that's that's we should have him back on just to talk about that it's pretty incredible Uh, but he's also raised a ton of money for his adventures he's raised three quarters of a million dollars through these different adventures for different charities and he's actually joining us from his bus going through all the national parks so he's in is in utah right now so pretty pretty awesome story in great location so uh without further ado here, steve I'm excited about this conversation. We we talked a little bit before and I, I just feel that it's gonna be a good conversation, good adventure, good honest motivation um, to live to live an incredibly authentic life. Steve, not Steven, Steve Cannon, welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> not Stephen Michael Cannon, which makes me snap my neck around because I know I've done something wrong and my mother's after me.
1: Oh man yeah, well, well, I don't think I don't think you've done anything wrong maybe, maybe you might be in trouble, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but, yeah, man, we were talking a little bit before, but I want the listeners to hear where where are you coming from today?
0: Yeah, so we ought to give away like a a goo pack or something if somebody actually knows where Cliff dwellers Arizona is, I didn't know where it was until yesterday, and it's uh not too far from Kanab. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right i'm uh uh, I need to bone up on all of these things as I'm traveling. So, but I think some of your listeners, certainly as you did, you know, the canab area and, and, uh, we're excited to, today's really our first day to set out and explore here. And as you know, from when we were talking just a little earlier, there's no shortage of stuff around here. That's going to blow your mind and I'm excited to see it.
1: Yeah. That's a world-class area just for adventure for, um, just a cool, Kanab, I think that's probably how you pronounce it. That's how I've always pronounced it. And just an awesome little town, man, awesome little town. And everything around there is just so, so gorgeous. I, I love it out there. And um, sounds like a pretty nice day, and you're in your van, but I, I know this is kind of your most your bus, rather. You're in, you're on your most recent adventure, but I kind of want to draw it all back. I, I, I take it you didn't grow up in that area. Where, where did you uh, grow up, and where was home for you um, coming up?
0: Yeah, man, you, you hit the nail on the head there. With a lot of explorers, adventurers, you know, you you hear their story and they're reading Louis Lemoore books or Shackleton or whatever the case and uh or they have really adventurous parents and um uh, they're kinda of set on, on that path. I you know, this is uh this is so far from where I came from. I'm a small town, Iowa kid, maybe it may have had a huge girl spurt lately and went from like fourteen hundred and fifty to fourteen hundred and fifty-eight, but uh, you know I'm from, from <laughs> I'm from a small town called Mediapolis, Iowa, where uh, you know when I was in high school they still didn't have their first stoplight yet. So yeah, it's uh, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. We'll call it that.
1: Better late than never. Medi Amen. Mediapolis, Mediapolis. I've never heard of that. It's literally Mediapolis. Polis. <laughs> that's it I'm just, that's I keep it that's uh, out that's exactly I how don't it's not see anything recognizable okay there we are
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you'll probably find you'll probably find the uh, the first thing that'll pop up is probably girls basketball they were legendary in the in the 70s and 80s which as a guy playing basketball didn't make me really happy but uh that's that's their claim to fame and what they're known from it's a real agricultural area and um you know it's a it was a great place to to grow up but Canab ain't all bad
1: either. Man, I I, I want to just the closest I've been to that area was a cross country bike trip this summer with my, my the company I work for. It we went through Muscatine, Grandview, and Columbus Junction. I
0: think that's oh, just north brother, of you, brother. You were you were in the hood. Yeah, I man. mean you were another. I mean, you were within like 20, 30 miles. We played Columbus Junction in sports in high school. Muscatine's near and dear to my heart. One of my first really, I don't know, man, we'll get into big, small. They're just words. But one of my first uh, big adventures was a marathon a day run to raise money for cancer that uh, crossed the state of Iowa, 290 miles in 11 days and ended up in Muscatine. So, you know, as you know, there's not a, it's a, it's a river town and, um, you know, a bit aged, but it's near and dear to my heart. That's for sure. So yeah, we've we've definitely laid our feet on some of the same dirt, man.
1: That's too cool. I, I always love to just you know, the world's so small, it, despite how big it is. And so, um, as soon as you said, I, I'm like, I got to look up because we I've kind of been all over Iowa on a bike at least. So that's pretty cool. So, so coming from you know that small town, um, small area, not probably not a ton of adventure influences. What what got you into adventure, or what was kind of the yeah the 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 thing that led you into this lifestyle
0: I backed into it man I was I was one drink away from probably pissing this whole life away uh, I uh, made a lot of bad choices late in high school early college and then uh, for a few years after that ended up getting a couple drunk drivings was just completely lost to myself and everybody else ended up in jail for a while. So what ended up happening was eventually I just realized, you know, this is it. Uh, you either got to get your head on straight or you're going to, you know, you're going to end up six feet under, or you're going to end up in a jail cell the rest of your life. And so the, the first real big adventure man was just, was just getting my head on straight, was just getting sober. There were no thoughts about adventure or all of that. But fortunately for me, once, once that happened, you know, doors started to open the universe starts to see where you want to go and and you start to have thoughts and dreams clear headed of you know getting out a little bit and a buddy took me to a rock climbing wall in Iowa City at the University of Iowa I fell in love with it we started twice a week driving an hour you know one way to get to an inside climbing gym that actually had some vertical and some caves and I mean we were all in on it man and and that led to you know at 26 I think with Hardly enough money between us to, you know, fill up the gas tank enough. We went to El Dorado Canyon so we could be in the place where climbing really happened and reading books about, you know, Lynn Hill and all the great climbers and all of that. And and so that's where it started for me, man, getting out to Colorado and all of a sudden seeing this different type of lifestyle and meeting people that were, you know, yeah, this is what this is what we do. I'm like, what do you mean this is what you do? Like, yeah, we, you know, we figured out money wise, but, you know, we climb, we adventure, we go to Patagonia, we go here. And I'm just, I mean, my mind was blown to shreds. I'm like, what? You know, I'd never even heard about these kind of things. And that led to me moving to Colorado for a while, which then, you know, you're hearing about guys and women running up the incline or people doing, you know, 10 mile runs, 30 mile runs. And, and apparently there was a seed in me and maybe that seeds in everybody, man. I think we all at heart want to adventure we want to get out we want to see what we're capable of but that sequence of events led me to where i am now which i mean so many things between that moment and this moment that i would have maybe not even thought i wanted but yeah that's how it that's how it started and yeah it's, it's been full gas ever since because you realize you get a late start even with an early start you're not going to see it all but i'm uh, i'm trying to put the toothpaste back into the into the tube and, and, uh, steal as much time and see as much as I can now.
1: Do do you feel like you got a late start because of, uh, just making the poor choices and and kind of reversing that you said you were backed into this. Do do you mind asking me asking how late it was for you to, to, to get started in this world?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess to really back it all the way up, there's, there's some early influences that you don't really pay. I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to. I had an uncle, you know, when I was 14 years old, take me to Silver Dollar City. But I think really my stepdad, I owe a lot to. He took me out hunting, he introduced me to the outdoors, which eventually became a really big part of my life later in there. So probably planted the seeds there. But that uh, that first move to Colorado, I was in my late 20s.
1: It's awesome. I mean, that, that ain't too late of a start, man. I was thinking you were like 40 or something when all this was happening. So, <laughs> so you went out there, you experienced all this, you, you saw these people living so radically different than, than what you knew in Iowa. What then began to change in you? What sort of things were on your list of, I want to accomplish this or I want to do this? How, how did your adventure life grow from there?
0: That's a great question. The rock climbing thing was just such a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was just bouldering and climbing and bouldering and climbing. And, you know, after a few months, I'm just like. Having a little bit of conversation would be nice. You know, the boulders are good listeners, but they they don't talk much. (laughs) (laughs) And and so and so uh, everybody ran. And I hadn't run. I, I, I couldn't tell you the last, I mean, ran from the cops maybe 10 years before, you know, but I, and so, but everybody, but everybody ran. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe I could meet some, maybe I could meet some chicks by, uh, by going and doing a 5k. I don't mean that disrespectful meeting some ladies, meeting some uh, females, you know, but that was just my mindset that, that you know, it was just, it's, it's conversation. So I ran a 5k on St. Patty's day in Manitou Springs in Colorado and uh, I got to tell you, man, if, if it hadn't been f- for the fact that there were people along the course, you know, and I couldn't have quit without, you know, being made at, you know, at mile two, I would have been like, girls be damned. This sucks. I want out. This feels horrible. And but uh, but I couldn't, you know, my my pride ego, whatever you want to say, was like, you know, dude, you got to get to the finish line. then then, you know, we'll we'll check this off the box, call it a bad experiment and we'll never do it. Again, and uh, but as the runners uh, that might be listening can relate, you know, twenty minutes or thirty minutes after getting done and swearing on everything holy, I'd never run again. I'm like, I'm feeling a little weird, like I'm feeling a little happy here, a little euphoria here. Like, what's going on? And so, you know, that's my first introduction to the runner's high. So that's that's how it started. And that continued, that opened up the box, you know, a few more five K's for, for just uh, and giggles. And, and then, and then I had this thought, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wonder what it'd be like to do a 10 K. And so that's, that's how it started. And, you know, fast forwarding, and maybe we'll get into it. Maybe we won't, you know, eventually doing these marathons across Iowa and stacking up 40 of them around Lake Michigan. I mean, if you would have told me that at that time, I would have been like one, that sounds horrible too. I, I I don't even, I mean, that that's a moonshot that might as well be Mars. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested, but as you know, leading an adventurous life and those people listening to us, that's, that's how it happens. We, we aspire to become the best version of ourselves. And that may be for me, it was taking one step out of jail and deciding I wanted to get sober. And that leads to the next goal and the next goal. And, and, uh, and that's how it all started was then, you know, try a 10 K and then maybe we'll try the 10 miler and garden of the gods. And, and each became more inspiring and each gave me a opportunity to see more of what I could be.
1: Starts with one goal, you know, getting sober in Iowa or wherever you were at the time and, and you don't realize just focusing on those, those next steps where they can lead when you're one wholly focused on that step Two, um, you know, keeping your eyes open for opportunity. You just the turns and twists your life make are incredible. And so far, you know, speaking of that, I was told about your Iditarod Trail Invitational in 2018. Your 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 bike packing kind of ultra bike packing race, and that's what I was looking into. And so far, you've only mentioned climbing and running. So it sounds like <laughs> there's even more steps in between to introduce you. <laughs> to, to the cycling events, can can you explain where, you know, all right, you you were doing these five K's, which sucked apparently the first one (laughs) then (laughs) grow it to like a 10 K and then something else, when did it lead to these just bonker ideas of doing something huge and that, you know what I mean? We, we haven't even talked a little bit about that. Those, those enormous adventures that you're known for now, how did it grow into those? Is it just that same kind of just next thing, next thing, let me, let me make it bigger and better the next time.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's exactly that. And and you hit it on the head, Mason. I mean that's that's the beauty of it now. And and when I'm, you know, fortunate to be asked to speak to a small group, large group, whatever the case may be, uh, or in a situation like this, you know, I really try to do everything I can to just you know, the huge card can be so debilitating. You know, I can remember early on running five Ks and things like, like that, thinking you know, having these mental situations where I'm like, man, these people are running five minute miles. These people are running seven minute miles. These people are running nine minute miles. Am I even a runner? Because it took me 31 minutes to run my first 5k. And so there can be, you know, you think, well, it's not worth getting off the couch if I'm not going to do something, air quotes, big. And to your point, there's such huge value in taking on your own big. And for some people, that's, the Iditarod for some people, but for all of us, I mean, nobody started off climbing K2. You know, that person started off climbing a little dirt hill in their background or whatever the case may be. And so that recognition that it all starts with one step step and then another step and then another step. And then you realize the goal, you sit back, you savor the goal, give yourself some time to enjoy what you've accomplished. And then sometimes you just sit there You know, and you let you let the next adventure come to you, which has happened in in a lot of mine. But running led to a marathon, which for a marathon for me, that was the first real big thing where I felt like in crossing that finish line in five some hours when I can remember doing my first half marathon and looking back and going, you know, if you offered me a million bucks, I wouldn't turn around. I, I wouldn't turn around and even try to go back to the start line. It was just such a bridge so far. So to finish that first marathon was this opportunity to look back and and it was the first real empowering opportunity where I thought, you know what? If I set my mind to it, if anybody sets their mind to it, we can we can
1: accomplish
0: anything that we set our mind to. And so that was that was the that was the first thing. But cycling came a bit after that where I had while in Colorado, got the idea to try and do multiple marathons. And that led to, uh, you know, the universe put me in a place where I was listening to a guy that had run all over the world. And he was the first person to run across Iowa. And I sat there and I thought, man, I wonder if I could do that, you know, and after running one marathon and a couple others after that, to think about stacking them was just such a stretch. And I was just terrified of it. But at that time, Lance Armstrong was kicking ass on the bicycle. He was doing all of this stuff with Livestrong. And I thought, maybe I could do something that would grow me personally, grow me from an adventure standpoint, and I could do some good for others. And so that ended up really becoming the thing that has continued to this day. We've raised about $750,000 for cancer charities. Uh, But it all started with that first run across Iowa to raise some money for LiveStrong which got me into cycling and following the tour and again at that point Mason I didn't even know there was a bike race across Alaska <laughs> so you know you're in the moment you're just tackling one thing at a time but when you finish it as you know as the people listening know it doesn't work as human beings you don't go backwards you don't you know you don't do something that grows you and then get inspired to do something that's easier than that so that's, you know, as best I can describe. That's that's how, eventually, you know, the run across Iowa was, I guess, what I would call the first really big bite. But each each step along the way is a big bite, right? You just keep growing, you keep you keep striving, and and uh, see just what you might actually be able to become.
1: What, what I'm struck by is you're you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> These steps that feel so far away that from the next one. You, you're talking about a 5K, and I know that we're we're, we're not. With someone of your caliber, has done so much. I I do apologize, to everyone that who is who is uh, kind of at your level who've done so many events. We really don't have a focus on one for the episode because it's like, how do you even choose? It's it's you're done a million things. But I'm struck by, like, God, a 5K was so difficult. And then a marathon is such a crazy challenge. And then turning that into, well, that sucked so bad. Let's do it 11 times in a row. And then 40 times in a row. <laughs> and then it's like, wh- 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 where is that? H- how do you jump so far each time um, to where it's like, you know, you probably feel at some point, like, where, where is my limit? What is my limit? And How do you... How do you start to process that next huge jump in going from doing something one time to doing it multiple times in a, in a short amount of time?
0: You know, the thing, Mason, that becomes such a, apologize for the semi going by where I'm outside here. And as you know where I am, there's like one car an hour and it just right. happens to come while we're chatting. No, we love it.
1: But, uh, we, lo- we, we, yeah. we get calls from all over the world, man. I love it.
0: Uh, here's, where, here's where the, the switch happened for me which was the sixth day running across iowa about halfway through the day i just started bawling i mean like sobbing and i to this day i don't know i don't know why i i think i i think i had just taken myself to a physical level to where there were personal things from a you know Kid growing up in a broken home, or just all of the things I had done as a drunk in high school and college that I just covered up forever. I think I'd gotten to a level where I just peeled enough layers off the onion, where some of this stuff just went, and afterwards, there was just this incredible peace that came over me. And for the next five days until I hit muscatine, I just accessed this quiet place this place where the mind just lets go where things get incredibly quiet there's no emails there's no phone calls and there was just this connection to whatever you want to call it god, god source i think pretty much anybody that you speak to that does these things where they get away for a long time and even in a very very small amount somewhere in that first 5k you're going to find just a little bit of a rhythm and as you go to these 10ks and further and further that ended up becoming what is now my goal is is you access that space in these larger longer adventures where you connect to something that is more and more in this world that is so dominated by emails and text messages and Facebook and just everything that we're bombarded with all of this instant gratification that is so very fleeting. And so now it's become this incredibly selfish pursuit of finding out who am I really? And the longer I stay out, the more quiet I get and the more that I have to face that person. And the more that really on a cellular probably making up a word there on a cellular level where you really kind of become one with everything. And, and that's, um, so the, the bigger, the, the journey, the more, even though it's really scary, you know, running around Lake Michigan, same kind of thing. I'm like, man, I wonder when the breakdown's coming and when it comes, you know, you just maybe not break down, maybe it's more breakthrough. I mean, you just have to hold on for everything that, uh, that you're that you're worth but you know on the other side there's there's some there's some really juicy stuff there
1: so that's what keeps you going on all these adventures just trying the next thing and doing the next one is what it sounds like
0: it is it is to the point where it's the greatest meditation those kind of things are a huge part of my life and and uh, different teachers and things like that. I was always struck by one of, uh, a a guy that I follow, a guy named Sadhguru. And he, he doesn't, he said, said at one point, I, I don't do yoga. I am yoga and, and yoga can, can at its very best mean union. And, and so, uh, the, the challenge is now, can you, can you take that peace and that tranquility amongst the incredibly taxing physical side And can you bring it, can you bring it back? Can you, can you bring it back into this world so you can still function and, and talk to people like this or in the business situation and still keep that, that focus and that peace and that, you know, that love for all things and that connectivity and, and, uh, and so really it's these events become the absolute perfect laboratory. You become your own guinea pig.
1: Wow. Wow. I love it. So out of all the things you've done, everything from from rag brides to gravel riding to running across states, cycling across Alaska, man, it's just there's, you know, kayak adventures, world longest kayak race. Is there any adventure to you that really sticks out as as maybe something pivotal or something that, that comes to the front of your mind when you think about the most impact it's had on you and also why?
0: Well, I'll tell you, man the greatest adventure of my life was, was sobriety. Hmm. That was the skit. That was the scariest thing I've ever done. You know, if you're going to, at least from, from my experience, if you're going to do it and you're really, and you're really in it, you're really in deep and you've lost control of the situation, you have to buy into it a hundred percent, which, which, you know, we could go on forever about 12 steps and all of those kind of things. But why that's, why that's number one is, 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 First of all, it, it, uh, everything was on the line, you know, if I don't, if I don't make it to the finish of the Iditarod, am I going to be really disappointed? Yeah. I, I, I backed out of it last year, safety concerns, moose, all kinds of things, terribly disappointing, crushing to back out of it. But if I don't get it right, when I got myself to the place I got to, I mean, I'm going to pay the ultimate price. I'm, I'm going to kill somebody else. I'm, I'm going to end up in a jail cell. But beyond that, um, it taught me the value of one step and what that allows us to accomplish. You know, we're, we're here in not far from the Grand Canyon. I mean, is there any place in the whole world that's more a perfect example of one step? I mean, one drop of water, one drop of water, one drop of water over a long enough time, you, you create one of the greatest natural things. And, and, and so these, um, so sobriety was, was that thing that taught me really at the end of it, no matter what the challenge, if you can focus on one step, the step necessary at, at this particular moment, keep your mind out of the way because it is, it's going to try to jump to step five, step 20. can remember running around Lake Michigan after we put a few things in place, making sure we had a vehicle, making sure we had a cook, making sure... We had a very few basic things. Then that choked the adventure, which at the same time allowed your mind to not have any ammo to try and screw you out of the deal by just paralyzing you like, well, you got to do this. You got to do this. What about this? What if you don't do this? What if you don't do this? And so if you can, if you can focus on step one, same thing, like with Lake Michigan, we're like, really, the only rule is we're not talking about day 40 until it's day 40 you talk about mile 26, when you're at mile one of a marathon, you might just implode. So the value of one step was the biggest thing. And so sobriety was, was, was the biggest adventure because everything was on the line. But as you know, man, I mean, we were talking before you did a bike trip across the entire country and I'm sure a lot more amazing things beyond that. You can really trip yourself up in planning these kind of things. If you get crazy into the preparation and the planning. And I mean, we've all done it, you know, where we've just focused on so much planning that eventually it loses all its momentum and we don't even try.
1: Absolutely. Just, it's just too big. You know, it's too big.
0: Yeah. It's just, and, and, and that can be, again, you know, I haven't done anything for five years. I can't even imagine going out and walking a mile around the block. You know, that even that perfect example right there, you can take the lessons there where you're like, look, I'm not going to walk, I'm not going to walk a mile, but I am going to, I am going to get off the couch. And so you can, you complete that. And now you're at step two and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm still not going to go walk a mile, but I am going to put my shoes on and I am going to lace them up. And now we're going to go to step three and I'm still not going to, I'm still not going to do it. I'm disarming my mind every way, but the value of one step and completing that and just focusing on that. Now I'm out the door. Now I might as well walk to the end of the block, Right. And those lessons learned, you can take that very example right there, and you can take it all the way a thousand miles from Anchorage to Nome.
1: Dang, that is freaking awesome! Those are the building blocks of it. Those are the the Legos that you have built all this with.
0: That's it. Man, and and incredible. it works. It it works. It works for. It works for every single situation. I mean. Even to the point, you know, I use it, I use it in, I use it in everything that I do, even when I, you know, even when the alarm goes off at three forty-five in the morning, it's time to do my, you know, morning meditation. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not actually going to do it, but I am, I am going to get out of bed, you know? And, and then I just, then I just piece it together. And then you're, you know, before you know it, you're on the mat and you're like, well, you know what, might as well start and, and it'll work in every, it's undefeated. You know, but it's the mind's a tricky thing and it wants to jump to step 27 and and step 24 and step 14. And, uh, you know, I'm sure somewhere in there the mind means well and it just tries to keep us safe. Um, But, you know, if when you just go to one step, then the mind's the mind's rendered impotent. It it can't stop you because what danger is there in just getting off the couch?
1: Hmm. You know, Steve, I'd I'd love to ask you, um, specifically about the Iditarod. If you if you don't mind, you were you were the first Iowan to complete the thousand mile Iditarod Trail Invitational. Can you explain to people what is so difficult about that and why that's so why that's so maybe not? Um, you might you know be humble about it, but why that why that is such a challenge?
0: Well. First of all, one of the, one of the things that endeared me to it was, and no disrespect to, to Everest or anybody that, that has ever done it because it's a huge feat, but using that as an example, and there's other events that are the same. If you've got the checkbook, you can hire your way into Everest to where you can at least take a shot at, it. right? Doesn't mean you're going to get there, but you can take a shot at it. So. One of the things that I love about the Iditarod Trail Invitational is it's a it's a three or four year commitment to just get to the finish line. You have to do multiple hundred mile races in the lower 48, um, which there's some phenomenal ones. The Arrowhead 135, Jay Petterberry does a thing called the Fat Pursuit up in the mountains of Idaho and West Yellowstone. That's a 200 mile absolutely brutal Um one in Wisconsin called Discobia, but you have to complete these, uh, just to get to the mini Iditarod trail invitational, if you will, which is, uh, the first 350 miles of the trail, which goes from Anchorage to McGrath. And so, uh, you know, and, and to get into any of those hundred milers, you've had to have to, you have to, you know, write a nice little letter that pleads your case to the people that, uh, run those races to be like, like, okay, I've done this and I've done this. Do you think that there's a good chance I you know won't lose my toes or somebody will have to come uh, rescue me if it's minus 30 in northern Wisconsin in January? And so the process of it before you even get to the you know the logistics of it and and the fact that it's it's been done so few times and that doesn't make me a super athlete. It just means it's you know not for everybody probably. But uh, I think Marshall Ulrich, I love there'd be plenty of people who know who he is he's a legend he said and this wasn't a world record but he set many of them he said setting world records isn't hard just do something so stupid nobody else has ever tried to do it and, and so so there's there's a you know uh, i can i can claim to be the first iowan and i am the first iowan to do it but uh, i don't know if any other iowans have ever tried to do it but uh but then once you um once you actually accomplish that now you're talking about going across as inhospitable a land as there is in the middle of winter temperatures. Um, you know, we got the year I did the race, we got caught in a ground blizzard going up over rainy pass. Wind chills were probably 50, 60 below. Um, uh, I mean just the biggest fist fight I've ever been in my life to, to where you were just wind was in your face. You couldn't see five feet in front of you. Uh, you know, you're just following this little black line on, on your GPS and you know, you take like four or five steps. And then you'd have to, you know, turn your back to the wind so you could pull your face mask down so you could catch your breath. You couldn't pull your face mask down looking into the wind because it was so cold it, you know, it would just freeze my beard shadow. You know, it would just and and you know, you had to do that for six or seven miles before you were actually gonna get over the pass and get a respite from it. So you're you're in this incredibly inhospitable place, but at the same time you know, I don't know how I how you could ever feel more alive than when you're put into a an environment like that. And at the same time, it uh, we talked about your guest that was doing all of the glaciers and uh, what an incredible podcast that was and these wide open places are so great for putting us in our place and and realizing just how insignificant we are. And I don't say that in a in a self-defeating way, I just in a in a putting things in place kind of way you know it's so easy in this world to think like you were saying the house project and all of that and we can turn ourselves inside out and you know but if you're really able to stand in the middle of a place like Alaska or stand in the middle of your own I did ride house building challenge that you're in right now and you and you can take just a second you can really go wow this is this is only a big deal in my mind you know 8 8 billion people don't 8 billion people don't care you know so Alaska's fantastic for that you're able to put your foot down and go i am a speck i I might not even be a speck you know and and so it's a great adventure i mean you have you have to do it self-supported you have to mail your food two weeks in advance to these little villages and it just sits in a box there and you know you get there at two o'clock in the morning and you hope and pray that you know the mail got there because it gets flown in and there, there could be a storm and the planes don't fly and maybe you're making better time than you planned and it's going to be there in two days or you know there's just all of these things and uh you know or you're just knackered and you're just gonna you got a bivy right here right now and it's 25 below and you're getting into your bag and you're making food but you have all the skills and so you're sitting there and maybe you get the northern lights and and you've got this incredibly intimate setting with yourself and the environment and so it's it it all pays off but At the same time, you know, there's incredible lows, incredible highs. And getting back to what we talked about before, there's, you know, there's those times where it gets reduced to the moment because that's all you're capable of.
1: How do you plan your next adventures? You've got such a varied, uh, just adventure resume of different sizes, different sports, do you wait for it to, to inspire you or, or, or are you always thinking like this?
0: See, man, here's here's how you know when you're talking to somebody else that's done some adventures because you know, by the way you just answered, asked me the question, you know that sometimes the adventure picks you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, running across Iowa, you know, I'm sitting in this little room in Polk County uh, back in Iowa. Uh, had put on this little event, and here's this guy talking about all of his runs, and then he'd run across Iowa, and so in s- some way it felt like maybe I planned that. You could even say then that the adventure brought me to that place. And uh, but for running around Lake Michigan, for example, you know some friends had sent me to Indiana Dunes. They're like, "There's this crazy place with these giant sand dunes. You're silly for all of this masochistic stuff. Go run up those hills for like three hours and get back to me and tell me what that felt like." And it is this incredible, amazing place. And it just kicked my ass. You know, I didn't make three hours. I probably made it up the Hill and back down like two or three times, but I was sitting there looking across towards Chicago and I'm like, my God, this Lake just dwarfs Chicago. Chicago is no small town. And then the adventure picked me. The adventure was like, well, maybe you should try and run around it. You know, and you kind of look around yourself and you're like, where'd that come from? You know, that, that's, you know, but you go home, get on the computer. It's 1,040 miles. You divide that by 26. And you're like, that's 40 marathons in 40 days. I mean, how can you turn that down? You got to take a swing at that, you know? And it wasn't that I did a marathon every single day. You know, some days it was a little less, some days it was a little more, but that's ended up, that ended up what it, what the average ended up to be. And, and, you know, you sit there and you're like, well, I've done 11, this is 40, but you're kind of like, you know, you've done 11. Could you do 12? the mind signed up for that well if you did 12 could you do 13 you know and, and and as so many people listening have experienced and if you haven't then take this to heart once you decide that you're going to get your ass off the couch and you're going to go around the block or you're going to do your first 5k or you're going to get sober or you're going to like you did i think it was maybe last year your bike ride across the once you decide you really really decide then the universe is like this amazing waiter. The universe goes, all right, we got a wild one here. Let's do everything we can. This person is dedicated. They're going to make it happen. Let's start opening the doors. And that is the thing that these adventures have taught me more than any other, that this planet, this universe, it's here to support us. Anything we want. All we have to do is tell the waiter and the waiter will go back to the kitchen and he'll go, Hey, here's the order. Let's make this happen because anybody who's done anything, put any adventure in there, there will be something that happened that unlocked the door for them that they cannot chalk up to anything other than blind luck. Or if you believe as I do, the universe supports all of us who dare to strike out and take on a challenge and that's that is the most empowering thing that any of these adventures have taught me which is if you if you really commit to it if you set your feet firmly in the ground and go if you're out there listening this is what i'm going to do and i'm open to any help you bring me it will show
1: up dang steve see you're so right like 100% the idea for my very first trip, folks have heard a lot about it 10 years ago now. On that trip, we went through a little town, I was a a bike, we we rode bikes, my best friend and I from Alaska to Florida. We, We went through this little town we had never heard of called Banff and we pull in on the day this entire group was leaving on what's called the Tour Divide. And I, I, he, we both looked at each other, and said we we have to do that one day. And two two years later, we were on the tour divide. That eventually led to something, and uh, yeah, it just kind of grows from there. That you you keep crossing paths with these people and with these ideas, and it just it just flows like a river. It really does.
0: I have this, I have this vision, Mason, and it's 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 these it's these trail angels, it's these adventure angels that 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 find people like you and others that have been guests on your show and, and they, they're just out there in the ether somewhere. And I, I I just see this, you know, I just see them dancing and, and, and playing and going, all right, watch what Mason does when we give him a free bike, (laughs) you know, like they just, when when we open up as human beings and become what we can and we're on this journey i just think the universe just takes this huge pleasure in it and it and it and it, and it delights in the opportunity to put the tour divide in front of you and be like you know he's not going to see this one coming boom let's put that in front of him you know and then you're on the tour divide and then you know because of the tour divide boom this happens you know or you meet somebody on those events and and it's just it's just the the kind of thing. It's, it's like Pulp Fiction for anybody that's seen the movie when the bullets go all around Jules and, and, uh, you know, eventually they're sitting down and, and he's like, you can't just blow that off Jules. Like, you know, you can't, if it happens enough, you can no longer just be like, well, that was lucky. Like there are things at play when you, when you really, when you really start to go for it. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And you, what you just described, man, my face hurts. I'm smiling so hard. Cause that's just how it happens. man.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I've got to tell you this then, uh, what, what really sold me on that first trip was, uh, I had no idea I was, I'm from a small town of 3000 in Florida and my, my best friend and I said, we've got to go to Alaska, fly to Alaska one way, get bikes and bike back home to this small town. <laughs> and, uh, we just got to do it. We were both in college, um, no bikes, no, no experience and i I didn't know what to do and i was home for spring break and we were leaving in may so i think it was two months out let me maybe a little less and i'm like i was telling my dad he's a he's a house painter now so i was helping him paint paint houses on the side get some money and uh and he goes and i'm like dad i don't know what the heck we're gonna do um you know how what are we gonna do we're just gonna fly up there get on our bikes and, and just go you know we don't have any money we're in college we're broke and he's like, man, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. And uh, within within about two days of that, it was during spring break. Gosh, man, we went over to his friend's house who had a neighbor who was in town from Alaska. And he's like, hey, man, I hear you're going on this trip. You should come over and talk to my neighbor. They're leaving tomorrow, back to Alaska. Come to come talk to him. And, dude, go over there to his house the next morning. <laughs> They're like 85-year-old couple. They were mil- military background, just... Lots of adventures around the world, and they both lived in Fairbanks, right where we were flying into. Didn't oh, my God, that's we were where I spent
0: the last three winters.
1: Yeah, okay, you've been there the last three winters. Holy cow, that's <laughs> <laughs> incredible people. Uh Gosh, they live like three miles from the airport. They said, yeah, you go, you're flying in, we'll pick you up. So I said, uh, and you might know this place. I said, you know, do you, uh, do you know any bike shops or anywhere we can get bikes in, in Fairbanks? And they said, oh yeah, we, we actually are the co-founders of the, of the big bike shop in Fairbanks, Beaver Sports. And they said, and I said, are you kidding me? They said, yeah, we're still part owners. We know the guy that runs it. We'll just, you know, we'll just have him put together some bike your bikes for you. And, uh, it was just literally right a quarter mile from my dad's house in this town of 3,000 in Florida is where all this happened. The, the most perfect connections. They retired, had all the time in the world. They had driven the Alaskan Highway back and forth from Florida, the same exact route we were taking. Every summer and winter for the last 40 years, they had done that. Um, just you know, visiting family down in, down in Central Florida. And it was just the most perfect contact we could have ever met. And it just came from talking about it, you know, just just for making it happen. I I couldn't have, you know, put together a better connection than that, but that's that's meant to prove your point. That's it. You know?
0: I mean, that's 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 it. I mean, all you have to do is just tell that story and anybody that wants to accomplish anything can dissect the steps that you just shared in that story and once you once you firmly come to trust that tell me mason what's be what's beyond any of us what's what is what is outside of our grasp if we truly believe that the universe supports us i mean that makes our it makes our existence limitless only bound by only bound by ourselves that's the stuff that just turns me on beyond you know yeah i mean nothing and and it's why you it's why you see what you see about people that have accomplished great things that have come from a small town in Florida. It it, it, it really, it, it really has virtually nothing to do with who we are or where we come from Mm. in most all circumstances. And even those folks born with disabilities and things like that, there's, you know, books full of, of those people who have also led extraordinary lives, Even if they would have had all of their limbs or all of their faculties. And and I truly believe at the end of it, it's because all of them have realized what you just shared, which is it's it's all set up for us to succeed.
1: You know, I I typically just so you know, I don't I don't go into stories like that when interviewing folks because, you know, the show's about you guys, not me. Uh, but I just had to share that. It's it's such a, a confirmation. And, and I would say it was that experience that that sent me over the edge of, of confidence of saying, this is supposed to happen. And this is the direction to go. Because up until then, you have one of these ideas. You're standing in Chicago looking at Lake Michigan saying, I'm going to run around this. And, you, and you're, I don't know, I'm a little bit hesitant. I'm like, is this what I should really do with my time? And then things like that start happening. It's like, Absolutely, because I want to experience more of those serendipitous moments more of those 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 confirmations to know that i'm I'm living the life that maybe i'm meant to it, it's really i don't know I don't i don't have any absolutes with it, but that's the that's the that's the sensation that's the treasure hunt you're kind of on
0: yes yes, the treasure hunt that you're on and 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 your story is such a perfect example of that because we would be led to believe as socialized creatures that to take a trip from, from Alaska to Florida, you have to have incredible bikepacking experience. You have to have trained for months, if not years. You've had to have done this. You've had to have done. And this gets back to, right? Like all of those things I just said is where most of us somewhere low along the line trip up and then it just gets put into a drawer and it never happens because I've got to do this. 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 Ah, screw it. Yeah. And, but what you did is you just bought the ticket. You know, somebody, somebody says, somebody says, I want to go to wherever you pull out your phone and you go, you know what? I've been there. Let's buy the ticket right now. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not, I'm not ready to do it right now. Okay. When are you ready to do it? You ready to do it a year from now? Because we can buy the ticket right now and just set it for a year from now. No, 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 no. And and at some point you go, you don't want to do it. You gotta you gotta buy the ticket. Doesn't mean, you know, and 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 that's just a you know, that's just a metaphor for but in your case, in your story, it's not a metaphor. You you bought the ticket. And once you bought the ticket, I mean, once you got there, you probably know your your story is so very similar. I mean, Alistair Humphreys. Uh, I think that's his name, but he, yeah, he's uh, uh, like, t- great. So, at, you know, at, at whatever, as a very young person in his early 20s, whatever, same thing like you, he's like, I think I want to ride my bike or, around the world. Never, didn't even have a bike, right? And and didn't know, but he just, and, and he said, the lesson I learned more than anything, he probably shared this and said it more much more eloquently than me, but he said, what I realized is my sidewalk leads to every place in the entire world.
1: <laughs> man it really does and
0: and 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 that's exactly i mean your story his story same thing like there's people if you went to a bike shop or whenever where, and you're like i'd like to bike around the world you know what do you what do you think i need to do probably 99 out of 100 of them would give you this giant laundry list and they'd be like well you need to do this you need to do this and granted there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that but doesn't your story just perfectly not necessarily i mean which one of the bike shops is going to go what you really need to do brother you need to buy a ticket to alaska and when you get to alaska there's only one way to get home and that's to buy a bicycle put some shit on it and start figuring it out and once you start pedaling down the road man you know or somebody at the bike shop will be like hey did you think about this did you think about this i mean those trail angels that magic will start to happen but you got to buy the ticket what it does is it 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 takes that kind of story takes the ability for any of us to procrastinate off the shelf because I can't punch a hole in your story. I can't go, well, you know, you had all this money. So it was easy Mm -hmm. for you to buy a ticket. No, 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 no. You had all this experience. So it was easy for you to go there and just, no, no, that, that doesn't work. You had, uh, you no, actually there's no, thing that you had that would lead anybody to believe that you would have made that happen nothing other than your belief buying the ticket and then everything else played out and now you know that you're capable of everything and anything because you went you went straight from zero to 60 man <laughs>
1: yeah, no, i mean i ran a 5k the
0: then i ran a 10k then i ran a half marathon i you know uh, But I do truly believe, man, because of your story and things that I have seen, I do believe now, and it's the great thing that you realize it's the mind that's holding us back. I believe I could have shown up in Chicago and with a gun to my head, I would have figured out a way to walk, crawl, do whatever I had to do to make those 1,037 miles in 40 days. I believe it with all my heart. Would I have suffered like a pig? Absolutely. Would I have had all of these incredible moments? Is it better to be in better shape and all of that? sure there's an argument to be said for that but at the end of the day if you show up you've almost won the battle
1: so awesome steve um you know i know we, we we went off the rails a little bit that's okay you know that's adventure for you but
0: hey that's what we were that's what we were talking about let's just turn on the record button we'll see where it goes our <laughs> egos don't need to drive it we'll just see where it goes when when two adventurous souls start jamming man i mean i'm I'm goosebumping all over and it's, it's just, it's just from the vibe that you're putting off.
1: Oh man. That's, that's awesome. Same here, man. This is, this has been a very unique interview. Can you tell us now where has this mindset and where has this uh, lifestyle led you to and and what adventure are you currently on as well as like what's in the future for you? What do you have kind of that, you know, is going to happen?
0: Oh, that's, that's great. You know, it's uh, right now I'm uh, another adventure picked me. I, uh, when I got back from Alaska last winter, I just, uh, you know, wanderlust is just part of my DNA. Now I've, I realize mm-hmm. I'm going to be an absolute failure in seeing the entire world and everything that's in it. So I'm just going to swing as hard as I can and get as much of it as I can. So, um, <laughs> I sold my, I sold my, uh, I sold most of my stuff, put the rest in storage, um, bought a bus and, uh, I've been on the road for 10 months now and, and, um uh, just as we said before, I just thought I'm going to go see all the national parks. And, uh, I didn't really have much beyond that. And after a few national parks, I was like, I I, I can't just, I can't just do this for my own memory. Like I've got to, it's just so beautiful. I want to share and hopefully inspire people to get out and see things. And I'm a climate change guy. I think the earth's in real trouble. And I think the more that we can get outside as human beings, then the more value we will place on the planet, which then makes it much harder for us to, you know, use plastics or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm kind of a zero sum guy on that. I mean, you're either doing things to make the planet better, because just by existing on the planet, we're making it worse. So you got to do something to balance the scale. And so I picked up a camera. I'm completely addicted to learning how to become as good a photographer as I can. And so I'm working on photographing all 74 of the national parks and putting together a book, which hopefully along the way through Instagram and things like that, people will be inspired to buy the ticket. You know, they'll they'll say that's it. You know, I've been wanting to see the Grand Canyon forever. I've never done it. I'm going to buy the ticket. That place is too beautiful. I'm going to go. And maybe, you know, because of that, they'll be inspired by you know, the drive in there and the garbage that's along the road. And they'll be like, maybe I, maybe I need to do something here. Maybe I need to, you know, pick up a few cans or whatever the case may be. And so, um, that's the project now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 24 parks in. It's funny. I thought it would take me a year. I'm 11 months along and, um, (laughs) I've only seen 24 of them, but as you know, you, you come into a place, uh, like Kanab and you're like, well, my God, I mean, there's. 15 different things. There's Horseshoe Bend, there's Coyote Gulch, there's the Wave, there's the Buttes, there's all of these things. Am I just going to drive by them? Uh, answer of course is no. So who knows? It's going to take me probably two or three years. Uh, I've been fortunate, you know, that uh, the universe has allowed me to make choices that I have the freedoms to be out here. And and uh, we've produced a couple documentaries and written a couple books. And, and uh, so that's it. We'll keep we'll keep sharing. And (laughs) much like your story, man, you know, you end up in Yosemite and, or Yellowstone chasing wolves. And, you know, this person ends up being like, Oh yeah, I, I live just outside of Acadia. So when you get there, (laughs) we'll put you up, we'll put you up for the weekend. You know, there's a few really cool things to photograph, but there's these three other things that only the locals know. And, and so, you know, now you're, you're making these trail friends and you realize that uh, you know, mediapolis iowa the home is where the heart is uh but now home's becoming the planet and because of the journeys i now have a friend named mason in florida and i have a friend named judy and uh acadia and i have a friend um uh, you know uh, named Rhonda in yosemite that shows me a couple things and so um uh, yeah that's the journey and i get a little emotional man it's a it's a far cry from taking a step out of a jail cell but I'm incredibly blessed, but at the same time, we all get what we set our minds to.
1: Steve, I I love what you're doing. Dude, uh, you know, this has been awesome. Is the best place for people to find you, Instagram or your website, Expand Your Possible? Where would you point folks?
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong either way. It's expandyourpossible.com for the website, and uh, we just launched a video series there, which gets a little deeper dive into all of the things that we talked about from the early to where we are now and the Iditarod and all of that. and um, Expand your possible, but it's spelled a little weird. It's just X-P-A-N-D-U-R possible uh, for the Instagram handle, but uh, I'll be easy to find there. But that's where we're putting pictures and videos and all of that good stuff. So, Or, you know, send me an email or shoot me a call or, anything like that you know i'm uh once we get done i'm gonna make sure i've got uh, your information because once i get to once i get to the southeast in florida then uh you and i are gonna have to get out man you're uh, you're a kindred spirit brother
1: first of all